0: Pandemonium Reigns!
1: Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to Pandaronium, Pandaronium. Pandemonium Reigns podcast. I'm Dan. He's Mike. Hey, what's friend. up? We are so glad you are here with us. Welcome to our thousands of listeners on episode one, getting it probably like four of you. But it's Friday, July 22nd. Uh, we're fresh off SEC Media Days. Mike, once you tell me a little bit, you were able to pay attention a little bit more uh, to SEC Media Days. What takeaways do you got
0: just jumping right into things? Because people don't really care who we are, right? They that's facts. They don't that's care. That's facts. But we still love the four of you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my takeaway from Media Days is specifically to Tennessee is Josh Hoppel's a man that's comfortable in his own skin. I think he just let it fly out there. Yeah, dude. Um, you know, I, I didn't sense that he was nervous any more than his usual nerves with the media, because I do think he has some. But nothing over the top. I don't think he's putting on a show out there, or some fake garbage, you know what I mean? And I do think there's other coaches like that in the league, but we do have some clowns out there as well.
1: So speaking of these clowns, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and put out there what I know you're thinking uh, <laughs> because you went ahead and texted me yesterday. Let's just go ahead and throw it out there because, again, probably for listeners. Um, but Hypel, uh, his dress game was like legit, and he wasn't wearing, um, I believe, what we called stupid shoes yep. like some guys like Dan Mullen. Uh, <sighs> who was the other name that you threw out?
0: Uh, Eli Drinkwitz is probably the new Drinkwits. Dan Mullen. He's probably the new Dan Mullen in shoe uh, in the shoe category, yes, yeah. he's obsessed with the shoes.
1: <laughs> well, uh, not Hypel. I mean, Hypel looked good. He looked well presented. I mean, as a Tennessee fan, as a lifelong Tennessee fan, like especially coming after uh, a Butch Jones, um, I am in love with how Hypel just presents himself. Facts. Um, uh, but what I wanted, what I wanted to point out from SEC Media Days is he mentioned that we broke eight offensive school records last year and the only one that I can find is the single season scoring record do you know anything more about this any other possible records that we may have broken offensively
0: you know it seems like I recall tweets from like the University of Tennessee football account where they would highlight certain ones that that you probably wouldn't think of in terms of like hey Tennessee racked up more yards than they've ever done or they scored more points than they've ever done, you know, things right. like that, things that you wouldn't think of, probably I'm sure set a record for like plays ran in twenty twenty one I'm sure we've never oh. run more plays than we ran in twenty one you know it's possible that we uh, I know one that they tout they tout the the speed of the offense. We ran oh, a play yeah. every Tempo. I don't remember the time frame the the number of seconds they'll put it out there, you know, right, and they're they're quick to do it, and they're proud of it because it's it's what they want to do, you know. Which, on, on that
1: note, um, um, the, middle, the amount of plays, the amount of snaps, we probably would have destroyed any school record out there had Ole Miss stopped, you know, faking injuries.
0: Hey, what a concept, right? Here we a
1: matter <laughs> of fact, if I remember right, Heupel said something about that um, at s c c Media Days. Do you happen to remember those exact words
0: or something along the lines of? I'll try to remember the exact words. That was a perfect segue into that, by the way. I will not <laughs> ignore that. Uh, he – you know, they asked him about the proposal as far as stopping the clock for to move the chains after a first down, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's all in regard to TV times, how long does the game run, things like that. That's the reason for that. You know, side note, they want to turn our beloved college game into the NFL. I'm going to leave that right there. <laughs> um, and then he popped back with, you know, it would be a lot better if we could eliminate fake cramps and things like that. He was – right that's a little bit salty from my guy hopple and i'm here for it i'm here, for, I'm here it. for it
1: i'm absolutely i mean i wish he kind of wouldn't have said that he was just kidding regarding having the golf golf balls ball. and mustard bottles to sign but yes. which let me just speak on this real quickly we somehow have this uh narrative or this persona against us that we have a rowdy fan base and let me just say something very <laughs> real real quick Nealon Stadium at that time was 102,455. If every one of our fans were throwing mustard bottles, the field would have been covered. I, have but covered. I remember seeing one golf ball, and I remember seeing one mustard bottle, but we're acting like the whole fan base is out of control. Uh, but for what it's worth, in our defense,
0: it's been a long, what, 15 years? What, 15 14 years, years since solid.
1: 2007?
0: Fifteen years um, solid, seventeen. If you want to loop in '05,
1: yeah. I mean, uh, as 2007 was the last time we were in Atlanta. Um, thanks to Eric Ange, we were we were that close. Uh, hopefully, so close. he never listens to this. Um, <laughs> but we were right there, and after all the crap that we went through with Kiffin dipping in the middle of the night, Derek Dooley, the the joke that that was, um, Butch Jones, the used car salesman, and now Jeremy Pruitt, um, and the the supposed McDonald's. Um, bags. Um, I think we do have a little right to be pissed. Yes. You know? uh, I, the, that scene was fresh off Jacob Warren uh, being short, which I do agree that he was short. He um, was short. But that was, that was the
0: one call that correctly went against us that night.
1: Yeah, about that. But I believe that was fourth and 19, fourth and 18, and we're short. And then our fans absolutely lose their minds. But in their defense,
0: hey, <laughs> it's been a long time coming. And it built up that knot for a reason exactly it built up to that point that was not that moment it, erupted. Exactly. it built up to that
1: years of bottled uh frustration uh but anyway let's uh let's keep the conversation moving <clears throat> um you know coming into the off season for a minute there it sounded like there was a little bit of a conversation um in our quarterback room about who might be qb1 uh but i do think that Question was answered. Considering Hendon Hooker is the one who went to SEC media days,
0: I agree. Yeah, no, no, I agree. You know, I was concerned because there were murmurs, you know, very quiet murmurs out there on social media and things like that. That you know, Milton is having this great off season. That you know, don't be surprised if he gets another shot. And frankly, I'd have been shocked, and it'd have been a red flag for me with with the staff. If you know, Hendon didn't lose the job. Don't like to promise a job. It's, it should always be a competition, but, a, you know, a competition in the sense that he has to lose the job. He do, he's done enough to earn the job by far.
1: I mean, the guy so, went 31 touchdowns, three picks. 31 un- touchdowns, to three picks.
0: And he threw it a ton, a ton. A- he threw the ball a ton. A ton. You know, yes. and again, a lot are, you know, short passes. They're safe throws, but it's just hard to do that. I mean, that's a ton of throws with three interceptions.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he had some uh, obviously some signs of, uh, I don't want to say weakness, but of like, uh, what are you doing? And the only one I can really remember is in the pit game.
0: Yeah, where his he first didn't see that
1: middle backer. Yeah, first game action where he didn't see the middle backer sitting under coverage. Um, however, I would like to. We're going to come back to this later, but um, not going to give Hooker the reason why we lost that game, like at no. all. No. Nope. Um. We can come back to this. Uh, oh We are going to come back to this. But uh, Joe Milton missing some balls there, obviously, and a highly controversial call by the officials with I believe Jalen Wright.
0: Yep, it was short always on, Jalen Wright.
1: <laughs> <being> <laughs> short. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Dagger into the heart. Uh, being short. Air quotes. Uh, believe it was inside their five. If yeah, I remember Very close right. to the
0: to the goal line.
1: Yeah, and for our listeners, we had a bird's eye view as we were sitting in Newland Stadium. Couldn't see it, but we did see it on TV and on the screen, and it was extremely it egregious to me. Extremely controversial. Uh, but with that said, anyway, coming back to media days for a little bit, I know that you had some the things that you wanted to touch on with, uh, basically the media coming at us again. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that.
0: You know, real quick, that reminds me um, that Hendon actually did – I saw a couple quotes on social media. He received what I would take as several votes of confidence, as in he's your guy. He's your day one starter. There's no – I don't think there's any debate. You and that seems obvious to us and a lot of people that watched the games last year, but he received a big vote of confidence, I think. So should, I'm putting should. that to bed. Absolutely. I'm putting that one to bed for now. You know, we'll yeah. revisit that down the road if we need to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you mentioned some other stuff from media days. And you know, there was specifically the first thing that comes to mind is Greg McElroy. Um, I think the question was what coach is facing the most pressure, not like who's gonna lose their job, who's got the hottest seat. It was like who's got the, the most amount of pressure right now entering 2022? And his answer was Josh Hoppel. What? His answer was Josh Hoppel. How is that and
1: answer not like Brian Harson?
0: Brian Harson, I mean. You could have said Nick Saban and that would have made more sense to me because <laughs> you know they usually come back with a vengeance after losing a national championship or yeah. losing a game. Yeah. You no. Know, let alone a national championship. Yeah. But he says Josh Hopple and his reason for saying Josh Hopple is because of he he basically summarized it the way I heard was all these outlets fan expectations that are trickling up to 10 wins for 2022 in year 2 with a coach who took over a mess. And, you know, that was that was basically the reason that I heard him give for saying that Josh Hoppel has the most pressure. You know, that's one side of it for me. The other side of it are these people that are predicting, you know, Tennessee 34, Georgia 31, and look out for t- uh, Tennessee to finish third in the East or upset Bama or challenge Georgia for the East. And that is what I want for Tennessee, obviously. Oh, absolutely. But I think it's a little early. And I do think you're feeding into fans' expectations the wrong way when you do those things, when you say things like that. Because, honestly, I mean, we've both talked about it. Everybody, you know, locally, it seems, locally to Tennessee talks about it. But there are holes in this roster. There are gaps that you can't fill in, you know, one and a half recruiting classes. And I say that because of how, late they came in the 2020 class, This current staff. But it it just feels a little premature to be – kind of projecting these expectations on Tennessee and Hopel. What would, what would you say to that?
1: Well, uh, first of all, I just want to go on record and say I don't see anybody being Bama. I, I, I really don't. I mean, look at the the dudes that they have coming back, let alone in young at, at quarterback. Yeah, they lost Mechie. Uh, yeah, they lost Jamison Williams. Uh, but even let's say they have a bad day in, on the offensive side, you can't tell me that defense is not going to bail them out. They Man. are loaded, in which Will Anderson should have been in New York. Should have been, uh, for sure. Or um, <clears throat> a Heisman finalist. But So let me just go on record and say I don't I don't see anybody beating Bama. I don't see us uh, – we'll, uh, obviously, I want to end the show with, with, with some score predictions for us. But I've got us losing pretty pretty good to Bama. I, I That's my thought. I just don't well. see it. I just don't see it. Uh, so I'm going to call that clickbait. I'm going to call that clickbait. Uh mm-hmm. the second thing regarding Georgia, yeah, they've they've they might be a little more vulnerable for lack of better words, but I don't see us beating them. Mm-hmm. And I will I will defend that argument on one word, that word is depth. You mentioned it a second ago. We have holes all across this roster. Uh Georgia, um they I'm not going to say holes. They're they're reloading, you know I mean, uh, I don't think they're going to have the defense what they had last year. Mm. Uh, but they are in a much better uh, position to succeed we're not beating Georgia no I would again like you said that is the expectation for us Um, aside from this younger generation that's coming up that just thinks that Tennessee is trash but you know what if you think we're trash you're trash you suck Uh, (laughs) and I just said that on the internet I don't care Um, (laughs) but I don't see us beating Georgia I don't I, I, I'm going to say that's clickbait as as well. Um, I do think that our ceiling is really high for this coming season. Uh, but to go off and say, watch for Tennessee to pull off uh, an upset against Georgia or Bama. I mean, Bama or, or Georgia will absolutely have to come into either one of those games. Uh, Injury riddled, uh, locker room problems, be on their absolute – Worst day. Hopefully, we'll have a Georgia player who gets arrested for uh, eating weed brownies. Uh, I know that's an old shot, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, they're gonna. We're gonna need our absolute best day. We're gonna need to be totally healthy. Uh, we're gonna. We're gonna need guys who actually um, that are being talked about, like a Jalen Hyatt, to really step up. Uh, we're gonna have to have. Uh, a, a, a great balance offensively. Um, we Obviously, we threw the ball really well, uh, as we mentioned with Hooker and 31 scores and three picks. But we're going to need more production out of the running game. And I don't like that, um, like the way that looks coming into this season with our offensive Same. line.
0: I'm right there um, with you.
1: I don't like the way that looks defensive, defensively, considering we lost some dudes there and our ability to get uh, off the field. Um, uh, so I just, again, all that to say, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, again, we're going to look at the schedule later, but I just don't see that, uh, happening at
0: all. Uh, yep. anything
1: else that you wanted to hit there on, uh, media days,
0: nothing much more, um, from media days. It's just, it just seems that's just the way that I perceive it. It seems like they're really setting us up so that they can come back on the back end when we don't win 10 or nine games and say, you know, we thought we were there; they were there, but the staff obviously couldn't get it done. It looks like they're setting something up to me because setting I really think, failure. yeah, I really think, you know, guys like Greg McElroy, who actually is a, he's a bright football mind. He knows yeah. his stuff for the most part. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just think someone from his position that played the game at a very high level or, you know, played it with a lot of talented guys should recognize and possibly point out those holes that could keep Tennessee from hitting that mark.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's another uh, thing that I would like to hit on real quick before we move to our next part is uh, not only does our fan base get labeled as you know crazy for throwing things onto the field, we're also getting we're being portrayed as this fan base that says this is our year. Yeah. Well, okay. Any any <laughs> any realistic Tennessee fan, uh, let's just say who was born before I don't know the year two thousand. We don't think like this. This this ain't us. Um, I am not looking into this year saying this is our year. I do think we have a high ceiling. Um, you're gonna you're gonna look at my schedule results. I know when I say you don't necessarily mean you, Mike. I mean like any any listeners, listener, any sure. listener we have out there, uh, and they're gonna say, oh, you don't think this is your year? I mean, I can see a lot of these games going, man, really either way. I think absolutely. I, saw, I think I saw five guaranteed wins uh, at the beginning, um, but anyway, like. I'm not looking at – when's the last time that we realistically, uh, in an offseason, said, this is our year?
0: You know, you were, you were making me think of that. You were making me think when the last time that I asked myself or, or actually even maybe said to myself, this next year is our year. And 2015 for sure is the last time that I would have said that with any semblance of actually meaning it. 2015, when you're going to bring back Dobbs and a lot of those guys – we don't have to dive deep into that right now. But when you're going to bring back a very talented, very experienced roster coming back in 2016, that's probably the last time that I would have said that. That's seven years ago. Seven years you ago. You know, I mean, yeah. that's just not something that I say every year and and not a thought that I frequently have for Tennessee football. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. yeah, so the, the media and whatever other fan base out there, like, hey, that ain't us. Uh, I would say the last time I did that, you said 2015. I don't think I did that in 2015 matter of fact, I can remember a conversation with my nephew who I'd love to bring on the show sometime, uh, in the off season, he was staying with us. We were talking about the Florida game and he's like, man, we got this. And I'm going, yeah, I don't know. And, uh, as you know, but our listeners don't know, I was there in Ben Hill Griffin when, when what's his head, uh, Callaway ran down the sideline, um, I think their issues going into that year were offensive line. But, anyway, beside the point, we had going into 16, obviously, Dobbs, um, uh, Kamara, Hurd, Josh Malone. Uh, we had a lot of dudes come back. So, I would think the realistically the last time I said that would have been 2016. Sure as heck didn't say it going into 17 no or way. 18 or 19 or 20. Sure as heck didn't say it going into 14 or 13. Definitely not any time during the Dooley area. Um, yeah, area era. Um, uh, didn't do that with Kiffin. Um, definitely didn't do that with 08 when we lost uh Cutcliffe going in that season and Fulmer hired yeah. Clawson. Um, and 2007 yep. was so long ago, I just don't remember.
0: So, the last time I might have done it before 15 going into 16 would have been 2011 going into 2012 because I was a lot younger then yeah. and because we were returning a what we thought would be a four headed monster turned out to be a three-headed monster thank you Rick rogers love you bro yeah um that would have been the last time that i would have conceivably said that before 2015 going into 2016 yeah Yeah, that's an old tired joke for sure
1: exactly well the media if you're listening you can get off our bat because that ain't us uh stop trying to get us with your clickbait anyway let's move into the the next segment here this is uh you're bringing up a conversation um Uh, I'll ask the question, and uh, for our listeners out there, the point of this podcast is we're not necessarily out here trying to bring you new news or anything like that. We really just want to talk about what's going on, propose some hypothetical questions, you know, um, maybe state of the program, stuff like that. Uh, But anyway, you brought up this question. um, Could 2021 be Hypel's floor at Tennessee uh, and basically what you're saying is, are seven wins per year doable uh, for this coach after what we've seen over the last 15 years? Obviously, seven seven wins, not the goal, like you not said. Not the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but the absolute floor. Talk to me. Give me some words.
0: Absolutely. And the reason this question came to mind is because, you know, over the last 15 years, getting two seven wins has been hard to do. <laughs> on In some years, you know, there's been talented teams through those years, yeah. but I mean, over the last 15 years, we've seen a four win season, we've seen a three win, you know, season in a in a 10 game uh, schedule, yeah. you know, but seven wins has been harder than it should have been by far. We all know this. Um, so yeah, my question was, you know, can Hopple link together seven wins every year. Mm-hmm. And there's really, I can see both sides of this, you know. If, you know, last year, something that I'll probably talk about some more is we were pretty lucky from an injury standpoint. It did hit us hard mm-hmm. on the offensive line. There's That's no true. debating that to me because you lose someone as talented as Cade Mays with all the experience he had. Cooper had his injuries as well. You know, we were playing some some really green dudes on that offensive line. And don't forget you know? about
1: Cade's injury as well.
0: Yeah, Cade and the Mays brothers were, were hit really hard. Which Cade
1: know? being hurt the way he did just <clears throat> ticks me off on a whole nother level. But- a whole
0: nother level. Mm-hmm we won't we won't you know, go there. We were we were lucky on the injury standpoint. Yeah. Unlucky at the same time because it is the SEC and the schedule's grueling and the sport is brutal, you know. Absolutely. But I the biggest part of me as as rough as the last 15 years have been, want to say that this staff probably has what it takes because the expectations were so low for 2021 mm-hmm. and the unknowns were a lot as well. I mean, we were at that pit game, you know, we mm-hmm. we had high hopes for Joe Milton coming into the season because everybody raved about that arm and the strength that it has, which is undeniable. The and the Michigan fans warned it has, us. They warned us. They did. We were warned. We were warned. We were warned. Yep. And then we watched it play out in front of our eyes. And, you know, personally, I'm sitting there thinking against Pittsburgh, the guy that they've been raving about just got hurt. And, you know, Hooker's actually been here longer than him. Mm-hmm. Here he comes. You know, he couldn't win the job despite being here longer. Here he is. Well, this doesn't trend well. And then they went out and won seven games with a chance to win a lot more than that. Three, three more conceivably.
1: So matter of fact, let me, let me hit on that real quick. Uh, So we had uh, we finished the year with six losses, six losses on the year and you had uh, three of those losses by 20 points or more. So we're just going to head and knock those off, which were Florida, Bama and Georgia. So I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about Pitt. I'm talking about Ole Miss. And I'm talking about Purdue. We had three losses by a combined 15 points. I could combined 15 points. But as you said, Hooker comes in and it goes on, he wins seven games.
0: He comes in, he performs. I mean, I can't exaggerate. I, I can't even use words to say how well Hooker performed versus what I expected in that moment. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I even, I feel like I even considered his work at VT. And, you know, the thought that I had going away from that, correct or not, was that, you know, he couldn't maintain the job at VT in right. the ACC with, you know, Mm -hmm. more stability in the sense that the staff had been in place at VT, whereas Tennessee had been rocked on every level, every Mm -hmm. level of the roster. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I can't, I just can't put in words what Hooker did last year, really. Absolutely. And that's a big part of it. And another big part of can 2021 be Hopple's floor is, you know, what comes next? What comes when Hooker leaves in 2023? Yeah. There's a lot of variables at that quarterback position. And, you know, the recruiting is really going strong right now, again, for what the staff walked into. Mm-hmm. You know, it has room to improve for sure, but we haven't landed a quarterback like Nico in ever. I yeah, mean, no honestly. Yeah, you know, no it, you have to go back so far to, to look at a quarterback prospect like that at Tennessee. Peyton. So Peyton Manning, honestly, he's, he's like the one that people talk about when it comes to Nico. Yeah. And, you know, so I think the chances are that 2021 could be his four in this, especially in the sense that I've not mentioned yet is the guy knows his offense. I mean, yes, it was new to the SEC in the sense that he hadn't done it since possibly being the OC at Mizzou Mm -hmm. five years ago. But I mean, those were SEC defenses. Yeah, you're right. It worked in parts of every game. Can they take it to a level where it works in every game? That's actually not even our question here. We're we're just looking at can that be the floor? Right. And and I do think it can because every year you're gonna have those Missouri's and Vanderbilts and, you know, non-conference games. You know, asterisk there, depending on conference realignment. Yep. But I do think that that my my what my feeling is that it can be his floor at Tennessee. I, I don't see why it
1: shouldn't. Uh, I, I hate the argument, well, we're Tennessee, this, we have high expectations. Uh, a lot has changed since the mid-2000s, uh, especially since the 90s. But I, I think seven wins should absolutely be the four. Uh, matter of fact, I mean, over the next, let's say, four to five years, I mean, anything less uh, than eight and four like, might put him on the hot seat.
0: That's where that pressure and that actual hot seat will come into play. Yeah, you know that's that's undisputed. Yes, Absolutely. our expectations have changed, but actually, the sport as a whole, your seat heats up quickly these days. Yeah, so that'll happen for Hopla hundred percent. Yeah, if, and if, if it comes to that.
1: Yeah. So, and if if there's if there's listeners out there who are maybe Georgia fans or Bama fans or, or just not a Tennessee fan in general, we're we're in a new era with the NIL. And if you don't know this, this is a game that Tennessee can play. We have deep pockets. Um, You know, supposedly we were smuggling it in McDonald's bags. Uh, I can confirm that's not true from a player (laughs) um, who I know pretty well on the roster. But um, we can play this money game. I mean, we've got old money. Uh, Pilot J says hello. The Cleveland Browns say hello. Hyams says hello. So this is a game we can play. This is money. This is what we're going to do. Um, dish
0: TV says hello.
1: Yeah, exactly. The Dish guy. I mean, the Dish. I forgot about Dish. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, you know
0: what? A lot of a lot of names that you won't know and and you don't know because they're not those guys, but they're putting money into the pocket and the bucket of nil. Absolutely. We can play that game above the table. I don't know <laughs> that we can play it below the table. We can play it above the table though. We we can
1: play that game. Uh, so what I want to do on this on 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 this conversation here with Heiple and and his floor being seven wins, I just want to look back at his uh at time at UCF real quick because this seems to be the argument uh against Heupel especially coming from UCF fans you go on Instagram look at the comment sections anything about him they're like you just wait and see it's the same three plays yada 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 uh but let's talk about this a little bit his first year at 2018 or in 2018 uh at Central Florida he went 12 (laughs) and 0 went 12 and 0 okay yeah uh Ends up losing to LSU in the Fiesta Bowl, and if I remember right, that's the the, the video that flies around on social media all the time where Joe Burrow gets absolutely rocked. But beside the point, he goes twelve and zero. If I remember right, Mackenzie Milton is healthy. In twenty nineteen, they go nine three, where Mackenzie Milton is no longer healthy. He has his uh, devastating injury. They go nine and three. They get a win over Marshall in the Gasparilla Bowl. <laughs> if there's any bowl that we need to re- rename, it's that one.
0: That one's right? trash.
1: <laughs> yeah, not the Outback Bowl. Let's leave the Outback Bowl what it is. Um, but he goes 9-3, and three, and then we have the COVID year um, where they only get to play nine games, not including the uh, the bowl game, and he goes 6-3. and three. Uh, And he ends up losing to BYU in 2020. And if I'm right about this, Zach Wilson is that cue. Uh, in Mormon country for them Cougars. Wow, I just realized he's (laughs) Cougar Central. Um, You're on fire. (laughs) um, So I don't know how they can look at this. And, again, we haven't dove into all the reasons why, you know, uh, three losses in 19, three losses in 2020. Um, But I don't see anything there on the surface that makes me go, oh, crap. Right? I mean, losing McKenzie Milton was a big deal for them.
0: Devastating for a program like UCF.
1: Yeah. So translating that to us, I don't know why seven seven wins cannot be, you know, the absolute floor. There's, no well. uh, there's no reason as well. There's no reason that we, how do I want to word this, should lose to Vanderbilt in the next ten years, unless just everything absolutely goes completely and totally south, the bottom falls out. Uh, we shouldn't lose to. Uh, who's another school we want to throw in there, Missouri? I mean, uh, and and the way they're right on the brink of that conversation for yeah, sure. I feel like they're right there, which is personally, I love it since they come into the conference and and win the East
0: had our number and they had yeah. our number for several years, yeah. Uh,
1: but we also got when they came in, we, we were them. also on Derek Dooley's one leg, we uh, certainly helped them <laughs> certainly helped him, yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, I don't know why seven wins can't be the floor. Uh, I'm, realistically, I'm looking uh, at Hypo over the next, you know, series of years, and I'm thinking eight and four, nine and three. If he can squeeze in a 10 and two, 11 and one, you know, every three to four years, five, you know, depending on uh, a seasoned
0: quarterback, mm-hmm. why not? Why not? Why not? And I just want to touch on something you mentioned. Um, and this actually, this is a perfect, really summarization of where we've been today is UCF, they were so quick to point out his recruiting. So quick. I mean, just lightning fast to point out his recruiting's in the 70s. He loves his three stars. Where's the four stars? And, you know, I'm not even going to say five stars because it's UCF. And I heard someone say the other day that maybe Josh Hoppel can't recruit to UCF. Maybe he can't do that. But you know who can recruit to Tennessee? Especially in the NIL era? Everyone. Absolutely. And, the, and I actually mind you that I actually listened and had concerns when UCF fans said that because of the weight, because I no longer have that mentality that next year's our year. This is our coach. This is our guy. Right. I'm very realistic, if not pessimistic when a coach is fired and hired and we go through this cycle again. And, you know, I was like, well, if he can't recruit, this will be a quick run. Right. Maybe it's right. the NIL. Maybe it's Rodney Garner. You know, I really don't know, but, they're getting into recruiting battles and winning some of them that we just don't have business doing. And I refuse to believe that it's the money only because that's available everywhere now.
1: That's true. I mean, well, you've got some programs that are just not tapping into it, which yeah. uh, one of those, uh, like some blue bloods, like Michigan. Yeah. Uh, Clemson doesn't seem to be doing it all that much, but needless to say, yeah, this is a game that we can play. And let's, let's go back, you know, even to the Dooley era. He didn't know that Von Bell was in his backyard, uh, but he was still <laughs> able to pull off – well, I'm not going to give this credit to him because the university sells itself. Yes. He was still able to pull off some legitimate classes.
0: Yeah, and, he was. And there
1: were dudes in his backyards, again, that he didn't even know – he didn't even know who they were. Uh, so if we're comparing apples to apples here with schools like uh, Missouri, like we're going to win that recruiting battle. At least we should anyway. Um, yeah, certainly which is really surprising for uh, – I just learned how to say his name. Shandavian uh, – here I go. I'm messing it up anyway. Uh, <laughs> the Bradley kid at yeah. St. Louis. Um, and I think that comes down to the university selling itself.
0: And I will say, you know, his position coach, he, he's going to play for one of the best. That's Rodney Garner, you know. Yeah. I mean, Rodney Garner is going to coach that kid. And just to be truthfully truthful and blunt here – you got more opportunities at Tennessee than you do at Missouri. Oh, absolutely. And I'm, you know, I'm not putting Missouri specifically down. There are schools like them. And if Tennessee does tap into the potential that has been quiet over the last 15 years and and a lot, you know, less successful, the 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 skies, you know, there is no limits to what Tennessee can do if they get the act together.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, this 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 NIL game is is a game that we can play. Um, Which I don't know if you've seen this, but we've now got this uh, jersey program going where we'll have more jerseys on sale uh, outside of, I believe, Peyton's, Reggie White. There's another one I can't remember. Um, Which the going rate, if I saw this correctly, the going rate for these jerseys for guys like Hooker is $175. (laughs) (laughs) and Hooker. Oh, (laughs) man. But I am a wife with two kids and my guy that just that just ain't happening, man. Sorry, uh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to support you, but I am a broke youth pastor. Uh, you can
0: buy them the kid's book, maybe not the jersey.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I'll, I'll buy your kid's book and we'll sell those. Um, so uh, kind of on this same topic here, you, you want us to talk about rating the level of overachievement for uh, the 2021 season, basically on a 10 scale. Um, how do you want to start that or actually just, just talk to me, maybe go ahead and give me your, um, your, um, what would be the word there rating for 21 and the level of overachievement.
0: If I'm going to rate the level of overachievement for 2021, somewhere between, you know, zero and 10, I think I have to at least go above five. I'm going to say six, you know, I'm not going to go as far as any further than that. And just the reason there, is is the level of unknowns, the stuff we talked about there, mm-hmm. the 30,000 transfers out of the program. You know, the unknowns, specifically at quarterback, even though this is an offensive staff and they've been good with quarterbacks, just all of the unknowns and the projection level. I mean, they were talking about three and four wins. Five mm-hmm. would be a good year. If he wins yeah. six, he's coach of the year. They won seven with a chance to win nine or ten. Yeah, and, you know, if they had won, you know, two of the Pitt, Ole Miss, or Purdue games, two of those games, I'd probably be like, it was a 10. The overachiever right. was a 10, yeah. you know. But they – and, again, we were in position to win those games. We've talked about the controversies. I'm still going to stay six because it is Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We know that despite the holes, there was talent left over the from the previous staff, you know, and there were some older guys because of COVID, you know, that were able to stick around, yeah, help throughout that COVID year, take advantage yeah. of that. I'm gonna say six, okay, and again, it would be really probably a nine and a half or ten if they had won just two of those three losses that we have talked about,
1: okay uh, I'm gonna go a little bit higher than that I'm gonna put it at an eight, uh, and the reason I put it at an eight is because I started thinking back to when we were in kneeland for the pit game and um. What's his head? His name escapes And Joe Milton is, is missing these throws. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he gets hurt. In comes Hooker. Um, and at this time, we still had a lot of questions about who we were, uh, how well can we score. You know, we'd been, we'd been told uh, from one inside guy, like, hey, watch out for our offense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at this point, we're going, uh, what? Yeah. I mean, we, I think we hung 38 on Bowling Green. And, uh, but anyway, besides the point, so Hooker comes in and I don't know what play it is, but I think it's his first series. He fumbles. Uh, I do think that we recover, but it was at that point where I'm already hollering. (laughs) Yeah. Get him out. (laughs) Yeah. Get him out. Want to see Harrison Bailey. Uh, so with all that said, we had a lot of questions about, um, who are we going to be offensively? How legit is this offense? Yes. Uh, I think we had seen some positive things uh, with our pass rush and, and, uh, and on the defensive side anyway. We were optimistic about, I believe, Jeremy Banks at that point. Um, but I'm also going to go back to losing three games by a combined 15 points. Mm-hmm. So this yep. is why I'm, I'm going to put this at an eight considering the question marks going into last year were so big to come out Seven and six, with three of those losses, with the controversies that we talked about, man, I think that's overachievement. You're right. I mean, just you are correct. I mean, he he did a great job with getting uh, hitting the transfer portal and getting um, Hendon Hooker and and some others. You know, we obviously we got Milton in the portal, but it didn't turn out to be what we wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna put that at an eight. All right, so that takes us into uh, the third thing that we want to talk about today. Um, I'm going to have you answer this first, Mike. Does the 2022 defense have a higher ceiling than the 21 defense?
0: Talk to me. When I thought about this question, it's been a a while since I first thought of this question, Um, but the longer we distance ourselves from when this question hit me, I do have a better feeling about the defense overall. Um, I do think it's possible that they don't quite put up the numbers or that they even do struggle perhaps a little bit more than the 21 defense. So, um, you know, some factors to think about here. Every day that passes, you know, I mean, we get further away from the guys that transferred out ahead of last season. We get closer to 85 scholarships. You know, guys that are younger and even the older guys get more time with the playbook, with their position coach in the weight room, you know, there's, there's just several factors like that. And I think the best one of all are that no one really expected Theo Jackson to be a leader of the defense. You know, Matt, Matthew Butler was a very solid player, but did anybody see him having the year that he had and being like a mid round draft pick in the NFL, he had that potential, but I wasn't calling for it. You know, I really wasn't. So I think there'll be breakout guys, similar to last year, not saying that, you know, we're going to forget about those guys because this defense is so good. But I think there'll be breakout guys at every level. And there are, excuse me, guys in every level of the defense that I like. You know, there's Mm -hmm. young linebackers that I like. There's certainly young edge rushers that I like. I mean, James Pierce, Jonathan uh, Joseph, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And then in the secondary, I mean, everybody that can line up and play there, I want them to be there. You know what I mean? just for yeah. more competition and to improve upon what we saw last year. Right. Um, and, you know, the last thing that I'll kind of add on my portion of that is that, you know, there's a big debate in the college football world about Willie Martinez. Is he a good defensive backs coach? Is he a good mm-hmm. secondary coach? But guys in the NFL, man. I mean, that's sure. always going to bring you talented prospects to your school. That's always going to do that. Um, and, We've certainly had worse, is what I'll say. We've <laughs> certainly had worse than Willie Martinez. Um, and he's also been a part of some rough ones at Tennessee. But yeah. there's always going to be some guy that I feel like I would have never said they've got an NFL future. And he's just notable for that. So Perfect. I think with the breakouts, that they can have a higher ceiling than the 21 defense. But it will certainly take you know guys breaking out probably at every level. And again, no big injury bug similar to last year. Sure. So I'm not as
1: optimistic as you, right there. Um, I really harp on the who saw Matthew Butler doing what he was going to do. Who saw Theo Jackson coming? I mean, we really had a lot of questions going into last year, but I feel like we have even more coming around this time. And I have a, I have a, a bit of more of a reservation in saying, well, we should ex- maybe we should expect for somebody to emerge. I, and I'm not saying that's what you're saying. I, I just can't – I can't do that. I'm going to have to sure. look at the guys who I know. And the the guys that pop off uh, immediately for me are Flowers, uh, who we know, kind of know what we're going to get. Uh, Jeremy Banks, who we kind of know what we're going to get, which is a bit of a bull in a china shop. Uh, Certainly. And uh, I feel like he's really going to have to get control of his emotions because there's been yes. – there was a couple of cases last season where we're like, bro, you need to chill out. Like, you're about to cost us fifteen. Uh and Byron Young. Yeah. I'm going. Okay. So there's three pieces right there that I like. Um, but we know from you know the guys who have inside sources and and even some of the things that Apple said, we're just thin at corner. We are. Uh they've moved uh Christian Charles has been in, getting getting reps at, at at, corner uh over the summer um just because we're so thin.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: that makes me worried. Uh and I don't know that we have a legit pass rusher outside of Young. And so if, you, if we've got corner issues and we've got pass rush issues, I, I don't know.
0: Recipe for disaster, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah it's a recipe for disaster. I, I'm I'm wondering if we're going to have to get into some scoring matches, some shootouts with some teams. Uh, and that's why I've kind of come back a little bit on my final score with Pitt. Like I was like, oh, yeah, yeah like, we're going to stomp them. And, ah, Revenge I don't know. Game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know, um, but that that being so thin at corner, um, we really need a a Roman Harrison, uh, somebody like him to step up in that pass
0: rush. Absolutely, we really
1: need uh, uh, some linebackers to step up.
0: Most uh, definitely,
1: yeah. Um, and if if we've moved Christian Charles to corner, I don't know if that's permanent, or if that's just a, a temporary thing to get us through the summer. That locks down Flowers and McCullough at that safety spot, and I don't just love those guys.
0: Same, um, same.
1: Not that I think they're bad. Um, I just don't think they're exceptional uh, at what they do. Uh, I I think we could pretty much count on McCullough to be in the right spot. You know, Flowers to be in the right spot. Yeah. Um. And maybe we would have said that about Theo going into last year, but Theo took it another level and was making plays in the backfield. Was making plays in the open in the open field. Really um, was. So we need a we need a we need a Trayvon Flowers to step up and be a, another Theo. We need to find yeah. some pass rush. We need to get some bodies at corner because we. Uh. Let, let me go back and say this. You know, we were excited about when a guy like Warren Burrell committed and I hope he never hears this, but
0: it's Tom. It's Tom.
1: I just, I don't know that he now or
0: never for him.
1: Yeah. I don't know that we can, there's enough out there to trust the guy. Um, Want of course, want him to get it together, want him to be a stud, but I just don't, I have a lot of questions on the defensive side. So um, I'm going to say no. Uh, I like the 21 defense a whole lot better than I do this upcoming 22 defense. Uh, Again, considering the losses of, Butler Theo Alante um not excited well excited but a lot of a lot of questions a lot of lot, yes. of, lot of lot of concerns anything Reservations. Else you want to add to that yeah
0: yeah um you know i think one thing that i just realized having this conversation is and my love for Theo Jackson is strong i mean it's it's near hinden Hooker levels of love for Theo Jackson what he did last year how happy and excited i am that he had that year to get drafted i mean that's big nobody would have called for that Coming into it. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that we could see because of the South Carolina game last mm-hmm. year is perhaps in this defense, the way that the staff is put together right now, maybe it's that position. Maybe that position lends itself to having a big year because yeah. God knows how much slot receivers are using offenses now, how what the level of athlete that gets put in the slot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would also say this that was allowed to play aggressive and take chances. Yes. I mean, he had yeah. tackles for loss like you don't usually see a secondary play, player have. Yeah. Again, he made plays on, you know, screen passes and bubble passes. And, you know, he made plays in the run game. He was huge in the yeah. run game. Yeah. As was well Alante Taylor. Right. But, you know, I think one thing that kind of gives me a little more hope is that I think this secondary and this defense, as it's aligned, allows those guys to come up and take chances that could – lend rewards. You know, obviously we got beat a lot last year oh, in yeah. past game and everything and yeah. you know, it could it could happen again for sure, but I do think that's some of the things that I like the potential of and I'm kind of leaning on for 2022.
1: Yeah, absolutely. 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 Well, hey, for the sake of time and, and today's show, let's jump into the last segment here. Let's talk uh the 2022 schedule. Let's talk wins, let's talk losses. Let's talk final scores. I went ahead and wrote my down. So let's just walk through this game by game. Um, let's do it. And, and just kind of highlight each one. Uh, so jumping right in, we opened the 2022 season hosting Ball State. Uh, again, there was, I think, five games on this schedule where I went ahead and just marked as Ws. This is one of them. Um, completely devastating if we come out and drop this game uh, would be worse than coming out in 2019 like we did against the loss of georgia state 100 um, i've got the vols winning 35 14 a little bit of a dis- dis- uh disappointing um performance offensively but i'm gonna attribute that to being game one um ball state putting up 14 just because of the the questions that we have with defense talk to me ball state
0: i'm gonna say that ball state will put up somewhere in the 17 to 21-point range. I've uh, obviously not done a deep dive on Ball State. I do know they were 6-7 team. A lot of their wins were against teams that you should beat, for sure. They did beat Army, who was a non-win team last year. Um, so, yeah. depending on what they lost, obviously I've not looked, you know, every level of their roster or their schedule or anything like that. I'm going to say they do reach 17 or 21 points, but I am going to say that Tennessee gets to 48. So 48 they'll, 21. They'll either get to they'll get above 45 for sure. I'm gonna say that it's 48 to 21.
1: All right. 48 21 falls over the ball state. Uh, one week later, we traveled to Pittsburgh and we fight the Panthers, who are without Kenny Pickett. Um, man, I wrestled on this one. And if you'd asked me two weeks ago, I probably would have thought different. Uh I've since changed my perspective on Pitt a little bit. Um I got the Vols winning this by 3, 34-31 in Pittsburgh. I think it's going to come down to uh, a final drive on our end uh, to be able to knock down a field goal to get out, get out of there in regulation with a
0: win. Give me your thoughts. I've I've wrestled with this game a lot lately as well because over, you know, probably from the moment the Purdue game ended, I'm thinking that's a 10-point win in Pittsburgh. We got mm-hmm. that revenge secured. Yeah. You know, we've got the talent and the speed and they lost a ton. Uh, they're, they're getting a lot of love right now, especially their defensive line. Narduzzi is fired up right now. I mean, I don't know what's into the guy. He's, he seems out of character. He's so fired up right now. Um, I'm going to say that Pittsburgh sweeps the series. They're, they're going to go Whoa. 2-0 in the Johnny Majors football classic or oh, whatever this my is. My achy, breaky heart, man. It okay. kills me. It kills me, but this is this is the guy that I've turned into over the 15 years. This is not me saying this is our year. I can't um, confirm so. or deny if Mike
1: burned some Tennessee paraphernalia after the 2015 Florida loss. I cannot confirm,
0: cannot deny. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, we told you that I'm angry. We told you, so look <laughs> out. Uh, I'm going to say Pittsburgh. I'm going to say Pittsburgh 35, Tennessee 27. Oh. So I'm saying a close game. Oh. Um. I just think that, you know, this is just where I'm at. This Maybe this is me tempering my expectations. I really don't know. That's just a feeling that I get. And I will say that their defense scares me. Their offense scares me less, but they are a fired-up bunch right now.
1: That's fair. And and just before we move on to the Akron uh, prediction, let's just like really quickly highlight some of the stuff that came out of New Jersey's mouth at ACC media days and how he can put his old offense coordinator on blast
0: on blast,
1: roasted this guy, basically saying that during the wake forest game, he, he belittled the, uh, demon Deacon ability to defend the run. And he said, we basically just threw the ball that he doesn't, doesn't know how to call a run play. Um, Seems highly out of character for this guy, uh, who, as a matter of fact, spent some significant time in East Lansing at Michigan State, but goes on record and says, If that's one of the better big teams in the Big Ten, put us in the Big Ten and we'll basically run the table. Like, who is this guy?
0: Who are Don't you? Don't know that guy.
1: Like, are you okay? Are you, are things all
0: right at home? Are you good, I- bro? I don't know that guy. And, and you know what I'm, what I'm reminded of is how down the ACC was.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you played no, no, no offense to Wake Forest, but you played Wake Forest in the ACC title game.
0: They Um, had a, you know, a great year, a great year for that Wake Forest team. But that's your, you know, that's who you're playing for the championship in the, in the ACC. Down year, brother.
1: Maybe, maybe Narduzzi is just salty about Addison getting poached out of pittsburgh for a i think opinion.
0: that's highly likely
1: that's probably the case anyway moving on in the tennessee schedule let's let's fly through this one because you and i are probably in agreement right here we host akron 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 depending on where you're from tomato tomato the, I got zips. A, the zippers uh what a terrible mascot name um mm. i got a w obviously i'm gonna say 52 14 14 points from akron coming in garbage time where we've got you know the walk-ons
0: the freshman, uh, yeah, you
1: know? Yeah, playing uh, 52-14 balls.
0: What you got? Um, I'm going to say that if I'm correct about Pitt, God, I hope I'm wrong about Pitt. If I'm correct about Pitt and my feeling that they will go 2-0 in their series against us, I'm going to say that we get right against Akron. And
1: Better. I'm going to say
0: that we put up 66 Ooh. points. I mean, we're going over 60 unless we just pump the brakes. we are getting right. Okay. And, you know, they may score – 17 over the course of the game in garbage time, but the offense is getting right against Akron. If I'm right against Pitt, which I hope I'm not, please be wrong.
1: <laughs> so 66, 17. Yeah. Okay. All right. An absolute butt kicking murder. All right. This next game, you and I are going to be in Nealand as we host Florida. Uh, and before I tell you mine, I actually want you, I want you to go first. Uh, because this is one where I went, oh God, I just I don't know what to do here. So I'm go glad. Ahead, take the lead I'm glad here.
0: you're giving me that chance on this game. Um, what a weird year for Florida. 2021 was coming off a great 2020. What yeah. a weird year that was, mind you. But they had a, a great 2020, a great offense, and they respond to going to Atlanta with firing their coach, the coach that I was very scared of them getting, the guy that was there before who had a great run at Florida. Looks like he's building up for another great run in 2020 and just to to get it going, you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They fire their coach and they go six and seven. <laughs> they hire Billy Napier, who is an interesting case study, to say the least. Uh, recruiting started slow. Um, you know, he, he wrote an open letter to their fans, I think, about their expectations and recruiting and stuff. All right, we're talking about the game. Um, part of the reason I think I'm tempering expectations with myself in that pit game is because I can't prevent myself from feeling like Tennessee wins this game. You know, this staff, the Tennessee staff, doesn't have all the demons and all the just weird losses over the last 15 years to Florida, and mm-hmm. for that matter, 20 with Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say Tennessee is, again, they're getting it right on offense. I think Tennessee puts up 34, and I think Florida is about 10 points shy of that. I'm going to say 34-24, false.
1: balls. Well, uh, just before I say this, I'm going to go ahead and totally contradict myself later when we get to the Kentucky game. Um, You'll you'll see what I'm talking about. But my thought was going into this Florida prediction was, I I can't pick us until we actually do beat them. Uh, It's been since 2016, since we've done this. Uh, Since 2016, it was 2004. Florida just has our number. Uh, I felt actually pretty good going into the Florida game last year. Um, But I'm going to kind of contradict myself here, even after saying this, and I'm going to say 31-24 Vols. Uh, I think the crowd in Neyland is going to be absolute bonkers. And this is all assuming that we're, you know, injury-less going into this. Um, Obviously, we can't predict those, but I'm going to say 31-24 Vols. In Nealon, you and I get to storm the field. We get to tear down the goalpost, and somebody else gets to pay the fine to the SEC for doing so. 31-24 Vols. But then, next on the schedule, uh, we make a rough trip to Louisiana State to play the Tigers, uh, who are in first-year head coach Brian Kelly, who um, has admittedly, I don't know if you saw this or not, talked about working on his Southern accent. Um, This guy's weird. He's much weirder than I thought he was. He is. Uh, but he I'm gonna. Is. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna say that our offense struggles. Uh, we put up 17 and LSU puts up 21. We we come away with a loss in in uh,
0: in that game. What you got? Um, I I think both offenses could struggle in this game. We have an established quarterback. You have to look back to Josh Dobbs to find an established quarterback like Hendon Hooker at Tennessee in this time frame that we've been talking about fifteen years. Specifically, um, LSU's got a lot of talent. They're not like, kind of like they're they're similar to Florida, but also they have more talent than Florida. I would say that cupboard's not as bare. Well. It's not bare. I mean, not in
1: Pretty good, pretty good
0: shape as far as the I roster mean, goes. It's so crazy that they're in this position and they were one of the best offenses ever in twenty nineteen. Yeah, but beside that. I also don't see Tennessee in year two of a coaching staff going to LSU and winning, no yeah. matter what their circumstances. I know they're in year right. one of a coaching staff and a rebuild. That's air quotes uh, for the <laughs> for the non-video folks out there right. because the talent is there. Yeah, um, so I'm gonna say LSU. I'm gonna say they pull out a 13 point win. Um, I think I'm leaning leaning 28. For LSU, fifteen for Tennessee.
1: Oh, that's it's a
0: rough day for the Vols' offense in the in the unfriendly confines of of Tiger Stadium.
1: I think that I think that one is going to come come down to our offensive line. And as of July twenty second, twenty twenty two, I just don't like our matchup there. I just don't like it. I'm with you. Um, Needless to say, we go on and we host Bama. And earlier in the show we talked about, well, at least, I mean, I, I, I just don't see anybody beating Bama. So, I'm going to come out and say it: 45-21. The 21 points that we do get are hard to come by. 45-21 uh, Bama. Loss for the Vols and Newland.
0: And I know we've talked about doing a lot of, um, a lot of you know, further looks in the SEC schedules and things like that. Um, this won't be the last time that I say this. This will be an all-time Bama team, 2022. I mean, Will Anderson, he could find himself on like a Mount Rushmore of Alabama defenders Mm -hmm. before his career's over, I think, because that's how much I think of him. And Bryce Young is, man, he's just, he's so talented. The word unflappable comes to mind. I don't use that word. He's really good. (laughs) (laughs) We're making
1: up new words on the Pandemonium Rain podcast. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I'm using freaking cliche words that I never thought I'd use. Unflappable. That's what Bryce Young is. (laughs) That's what happens when you're on the internet, man. Exactly. They're (laughs) going to be an all-time Bama team, I'm afraid. So, I'm going to say that they push 50 again. I know they reached 50 last year against Tennessee, and I'm going to say Tennessee's in the 17-21 to range, and that's about as much as you get because I'm so sick of Alabama.
1: Well, I almost called that a hot take on that being uh, an all-time Bama team, but... Hard to argue. I mean, I think I'm, I think that 2020 squad for Bama was dang good. But you know what? If, if, if this squad is playing that 2020 Bama team, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I kind of like this squad. Me I too. I kind of like especially, this
0: guy. Especially if these receivers pan out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you said you said loss, obviously. What was your final score again?
0: I'm going to go 52-20. Ugh. Very similar to last year in the score. Probably not as close throughout the game. Yeah. Unless unless Tennessee really does reach some of those levels that the people that I'm criticizing <laughs> are projecting. <laughs>
1: yeah, I got you. I got you. Unless we're back. <laughs> so, uh, which leads us to, I believe this is homecoming night in Neyland. We host UT Martin. I think those guys are like the the Eagles or something. I'm going to say UT Martin takes field, uh, takes offense first, goes down the field, scores, but does not score again. Balls win 45-7. Hendon Hooker has a day. A day.
0: And, again, you know, maybe this is just where my mind's at today. I'm going to say it's, again, a get-right day for the team overall uh, with just the level of, of opponent that UT Martin is. They're, they're a team that was 10-3 and three last year. You know how their coach is, right? It's Ty like dad.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I run it up.
0: There's going to be some – I think, you know, they're in the Tennessee system – But there could be some demons to exercise there because that recruitment was, I think, pretty close, and and we really made Ty think about that. But, again, I'm going to say 55 for Tennessee, 10 UT Martin, 55-10.
1: 55-10. Balls. All right. Balls. Man, this was my toss-up game. I got hung up here for a long time. Uh, We host Kentucky. I'm not – I'm very nervous about this one. I think this comes down to a shootout and who gets the ball last. And I'm going to flip a coin here and say the balls get it last. And we win 51-48 wow. in an absolute barn burner yeah, uh, slugfest. Because I think Kentucky uh, – we've known for a long time that Kentucky hates us. But I think they're to the point where they're pissed off. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to be at a point in the season where they're going to be playing pissed off. Yeah. Um, where they're going to be playing for something, potentially second in the East. Um. This is going to be a huge game for us. The uh, reason I give us the edge is because it's at home. That's really that's really it.
0: I'm with um, you on that. The
1: more time has gone by, the more nervous I get about Kentucky. 51-48 balls, though, comes down to a field goal. What about you?
0: That's, I love that, that scenario. I would love to break their hearts again because that's what we've been really good at doing despite all the bad stuff for Tennessee over 20 years, whatever. Um, it's funny because – The closer we get, the worse I feel about Pitt. But the closer we get to this game, the better I feel about Kentucky. And it's because we've had their number. It's because they lose a guy like Wendell Robinson and, again, are the first-year offensive coordinator. Now, Kentucky has the recipe to have a really, really, really solid offense, a really good run game. Mm -hmm. But Will Levis, man, it just worries me. All the top ten pick, hop, Mm -hmm. forget about that. I don't see that for him. You know, I know that there's quarterback prospects every year that break out. I don't see it from him. Um, I know they picked up a receiver from Virginia Tech that people like. Mm-hmm. But, again, Tennessee has Kentucky's mm-hmm. number. I'm doing the opposite of what I did for Pitt. I'm really feeling Tennessee here. I do agree that it's a high-scoring game. And I'm going to go Tennessee 52 with Kentucky at 38. 14-point win. 38 52-38. Okay. Late touchdown to give you that two-touchdown uh, cushion there. And that's just my vibe for the game right now.
1: Got it, got it, got it. I told you I was going to contradict myself. Um, you know, we've just – beating Kentucky is just something that we've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, like I said, I could contradicted myself because f- beating Florida is not something that we've done, but I picked us anyway. Um, obviously, Same. I'm seeing a little bit through Orange Goggles. Uh, I don't want to spend a ton, of time, uh, a ton of time on this next pick because we've already kind of talked about it a little bit. I've got us losing by 20 to the dogs uh, in Athens. 48-28, I just don't like our ability to compete in
0: the depth department. 20-point loss, what you got? Um, I'm with that. I'll say 17-point loss. Uh, I'm not even going to put a number on it because I can't quite get a feeling for it this far out. If Tennessee had a defense that was going to be, I'm not going to say dominant or like, I'm just going to say if the, if the defensive line was the strength of Tennessee, could be, we don't know. It, but if we knew for a fact, man, that defensive line is going to be nasty. There's a guy, you know, similar to, like, the 2014 defense where Barnett and Majit were just after quarterbacks. If there was a defense like that for Tennessee in 2022, I could really see this game being close. But Georgia's going to have the depth in the trenches. Yeah. Uh, I do think their pass game will have some success. I, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Stetson Bennett, but 17, 21-point loss. I'm leaning 17 today, and yeah. that's just – you can't convince me that, that Tennessee competes with them unless – it's just one of those breakout years like the guys, again, that I'm criticizing yep. are projecting for Tennessee.
1: Yep, yep. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. 17-point loss. I can easily see that. Three games left to pick. We need to fly through this for the sake of time uh, so we don't abuse the time of our listeners. For all Tell you what, of you, give there. Me,
0: you give me your three, then I'll give you
1: my three for these. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. I do think that we close out the season with three wins. Um, I do think that things get a little bit uh, sherry and uh, scary in Columbia against South Carolina, but I'm going to say we beat uh, Mizzou by 14. I got us a 35-21, a little bit of a disappointing win, but I think it's because we just took a a bit of a slapping around from Georgia. Uh, I got us a 10-point win over the Gamecocks in Columbia. Um, I think at this point, if Rattler is still their quarterback, I I, I think he's overhyped. I, I I just don't know what they see in this guy. Um, anyway, 48-38. Uh, Rattler puts a, a bit of a run on there towards the end. Ten-point win. And then Vandy, uh, I want to say this real quickly before I give my uh, final prediction on this. I wish that we played Vandy at Vandy every single year. Let's just go ahead and get another home game somewhere else. Uh, let's expand Nealon that way. Uh, get a chance to uh, let Nashville recruits see us there every single year. You know, all ten thousand or twenty thousand, whatever the stadium holds. Forty-five seventeen over Vandy, but that puts it for me uh, on a nine and three season. Nine yeah. and three season. Maybe a little optimistic. I still think seven and five is an extreme possibility, but I'm gonna I'm gonna swing on the upside here and go nine and three, uh, finishing out those last three games with wins.
0: Yeah, I'm, and I have three wins over these games as well. Uh, for Missouri, you know, they they don't really inspire me with what they've brought into their team, a team that Tennessee just murdered yeah. at their place last year. I mean, you know, I could see Tennessee easily getting into 40s unless they've really shored up that defense. And, I mean, they fired their defensive line coach, I think, after they played Tennessee last year. We ran wild. We I don't think we punted one time. You know, I don't think we're going to do that again but I'm going to say a 21-point win for Tennessee. I'm going to go 45-24, similar to the South Carolina game last year. Okay. More similar to that where it's not just a bloodbath for Missouri, but an easy win, I'm going to say, because I just don't trust the moves that they've made, nor their head coach for that matter. Okay. Uh, South Carolina, I've got a win here. Like I mentioned, I have three in a row to close out the season. The moves that people are raving about and the buzz that they're getting – I hope I'm not looking at through orange colored sunglasses. You know, I would like to recognize that bringing in Spencer Rattler is a good move, but I've just not seen it with that guy. You know, yes, he has his moments. He's not the worst quarterback. He's not Jared Garantano and, and no personal offense to that guy, but he's not that guy, but I just don't see it with him. I'm sorry. And, and now, and now he's got to do it with a less talented offensive line, mm-hmm. a less deep receiving and tight end core, though they did get better at tight end, mm-hmm. you know, and with, the and the other, defense, with, the, with the other transfer that came from Oklahoma, right? Stogner, Stoner, I can't remember yeah. how you pronounce it. And they have yeah. a good guy returning, Jaheim Bell, I think is his name. Um, you know, they've got tight ends, and they've got they've got some pass catchers, but I just don't see it with those guys. You know, yes, they should have a better year. They should probably push seven or eight wins, but mm-hmm. I don't see Tennessee being one of those wins for South Carolina, and I'm going to say 14-point win for Tennessee. Uh, I could see it getting a little higher scoring. Okay. Um, but I'm going to lean 42 to 28 right now is okay. my feeling for this game. All right. Just because I don't think that they've done enough to that roster to, to get that close yet. I'm with and you. then Vanderbilt, man, man, bring man, it man. on, bring it they, on. Will, they lose their best player who was an offensive lineman, mind you, to Alabama. Um, you know, oh, I, I couldn't about name, that. <laughs> you know, I couldn't tell you who, who's going to start at quarterback. They got a couple options, Ken Seals and um, the gentleman, I can't remember his name, but that's, that's bad. That's bad when you can't think of an SEC East opponent's quarterback offhand. That's bad. It's going to be a bloodbath if bad. if Tennessee keeps the gas on. I mean, again, I'm going to say they go low 60s. 63 is possible if they keep the gas on. And, okay. you know, maybe Vanderbilt scores 24 or 28, depending on where the team's at at that moment. But a big win. I mean, 28-35 point win for Tennessee to close out the season. And I believe that puts me at 9-3 and three as well. Nope, that puts me at 8 and 4. 8 and 4, 8 and 4. So you said what? 63 what for Vanderbilt? 63 24. 63 I mean, 24. Okay. Bloodbath. Ugly, yeah. ugly game for Vanderbilt. Maybe yeah. they tack on points late in the game, but yeah. 8 and 4 is where I think it's, you know, regardless of these projections, I think that's where Tennessee ends up because of the unknowns.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, hey, that brings us to the end of episode one in the pandemonium. Pand- I got to I gotta learn how to say this word. Pandemonium, pandemonium Reigns. I cannot say it as well as John Gordon oh. can, uh, which is what obviously inspired the name uh, for this podcast. But hey, listeners out there, be sure to follow us on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on TikTok. You can find us on Instagram. Follow us there. Hit the subscribe, subscribe buttons. Um, pandemonium so yes, thank rains. you for, for listening in. I'm Dan. He's Mike. Pandemonium reigns. We out.
0: Call at your boys.